0: This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio, a fresh perspective on how to live your best life, combining biological sciences, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise. This is the place to get the big picture on health and wellness. Live from the iHub Radio studios in Palm Springs, California, here's functional medicine certified health coach and award-winning wellness expert, Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here, live in the studios, Palm Springs, California. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me here on Tate Talks. In this hour of Tate Talks, I have a very special guest, a cancer physician that is also a certified yoga instructor, wellness advocate and speaker, and lover of all things veggie. In this hour, we're also going to discuss the silver linings of this global pandemic, and the lessons that we must learn as humans facing this very tiny and strict teacher called Coronavirus COVID-19. Our aim is to leave you with a feeling of hope and positivity among the storm with our discussion and this week's A Thought to Digest, inspirational thoughts and innate wisdom. I'm Jason Tate, you're listening to Tate Talks. Thank you so much. This is iHub Radio's show for health and wellness. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my my guest. Uh, She received her BA in history from UCLA with summa cum laude honors, was the youngest graduate in her class at the UCLA Medical School, and is a graduate of Harvard School of Public Health. She's a board certified radiation oncologist and served as chief resident at UCLA, where she deepened her knowledge of holistic medicine She piloted wellness initiatives and collaborated on several interdisciplinary research projects. Her community service involves Um, Involvement includes work on domestic abuse, health disparities, women's health, and sexually transmitted illnesses. She's the president of the American Association of Physicians of Indian Origin, representing over 25,000 medical trainees. She's advocated on issues ranging from increasing national residency positions to J-1 visa waivers, and she's politically engaged having worked on presidential congressional and state level campaigns. She's participated in the prestigious Emerge training for promising future female candidates, uh, including as a cancer physician and public health specialist. Her passion lies in disease prevention and health promotion While she maintains a part-time clinical practice in her rural town of Hemet, California, she's forging into the realm of medical media through a wide range of speaking engagements. Her dedication to lifelong learning and passion for holistic health has led her to pursue a fellowship in integrative medicine through the University of Arizona Andrew Weil Center because molding the next generation of doctors will always remain a priority. She serves as an assistant professor at the UCR School of Medicine. She's an avid writer who's blogged for Huffington Post on topics ranging from sports to vaccines, and she's a certified yoga uh, teacher, vegetarian foodie, and she bleeds blue and gold for UCLA Bruins. Mamta Singhvi, Dr. Mamta Singhvi, thank you so much. Woo, a nice long introduction there. (laughs)
2: please <laughs> thank you so much jason it's such a such a pleasure to be with you today
1: likewise it's an honor i read I've read this a couple of times uh before I just did now, and I'm just so impressed I'm so amazed i even left out a huge paragraph
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you there's yeah there's uh, just to uh, enjoy a lot of different things I think that's what it is it's and uh, just like you, a lifelong learner. So that's that's right. Yeah. And, and, everything so and you do
1: you go beyond that, right? You learn but then you give back. Which is really important.
2: Yeah, I think I think um I think we recognize in one another that that's a gift that's it's kind of what the that Superman uh, with great responsibility comes uh, or with great power comes great responsibility.
1: That was Spider-Man, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man, that's what's all what kind of It probably works me. for Superman too. <laughs> Or in this case, Wonder Woman. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) So we spoke yesterday, and I'm humbled by your gratitude and your praise. Please share again uh, what it is you do right now in medicine, um, right now currently.
2: Sure, sure. So I, as you mentioned, I'm a cancer specialist. And so during this time, I mean, obviously, um, COVID's upended So many people's lives, including kind of the entire medical fraternity. So, for myself, I'm fortunate in that while cancer care is important and it is time sensitive and needs to continue regardless of the external circumstances, it's not what we would consider kind of frontline medical care. Mm -hmm. And so, I would consider frontline first responders as my um, colleagues and friends and family members who are truly in the trenches, um, treating patients in the ICU um, or um, kind of triaging patients as they come into the emergency room. So it's even uh, the interesting part about even medicine right now is that there's a lot of divides in what's considered urgent and what's considered elective um, and kind of where we draw the line um, with, with um, how we take care of patients in this environment where all resources are kind of, um, it's kind of like all hands on deck. So yeah, that's what I do right now, taking care of cancer patients.
1: Yep. I was just going to say, you know, you, you mentioned something, what's urgent and what's elective. Um, things like, mm-hmm. what are some examples of some elective surgeries that you see are being postponed right now? Or procedures, some, I guess.
2: Like, sh- sure, so elective procedures, unfortunately, can be something as, severe as a uh, biopsy for a potentially cancerous lesion. Mm. Right. And so what something someone considers elective by a hospital or by a physician is obviously not so elective to the patient who's in question. And so and then there's obviously things like a family member of mine needs a gallbladder removed. Right. That is absolutely elective unless um, this person becomes, um, has high fevers and, and starts to get infectious. Right. Um, so that's kind of the divide that sometimes it's not that black and white. Um, I was reading the other day about people who are on transplant lists and mm-hmm. they're suddenly, um, and it's life, and, life or death for them, yet they are now considered elective because all resources that hospitals currently have are going towards treating and triaging COVID patients. So it's really—I mean, you've heard this. Everyone's heard this, is that we've really come down to making challenging decisions about mm-hmm. who to treat, who not to treat, and it's—it's it's, it's heartbreaking for so many.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. And what you're discussing and what you're sharing and talking about is the collateral damage, right? Right. Of of a exactly. healthcare system overwhelmed by COVID patients, and we haven't even reached the peak in many of our cities and uh, regions across the country. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's Mm -hmm. a matter of preparing for that. So how has your, well, you you kind of touched already how your medicine, how your practice has changed a little bit, but what, are there any silver linings right now that you notice just within your practice? Is there any type of positivity that we can glean from this? What's going on uh, in your world that is a silver lining within the scope of medicine in your practice?
2: Oh, my God, there's so many. And I think we could absolutely dedicate, you know, how much ever time we have together to silver linings. And
1: Ooh, I like that. I wanna yeah, I want I, wanna, I <laughs> want this hour to be positive. I really do.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I'll just preface with saying that my heart goes out to the people who are really struggling and suffering and have lost family members and mm-hmm. um, are really having a trying time through this. Because I mean, I think we all can understand. But if we can give um, people something to look forward to some sort of glimmer of hope, I think that's a job well done as well. So I think that um, from my perspective, and I think you would agree, my kind of life focus has been um, about prevention, about disease prevention and health promotion. And um, I've been you know really humbled by by learning about what you do, which is really just empowering people to live their best life. And I I think that what this experience has done for so many of us, uh, it's kind of forced us to understand that the onus is on us, Mm -hmm. that um, if we are able to do our bit in keeping healthy in both mind and body and spirit, um, we will be less inclined, less susceptible to getting ill. It's as simple as that. And I think the focus away from medicine, which as much as I'm a doctor, I am the first one to say that, you know, we're in a medical system that is not exactly ideal. All we really are able to do is is bandage the problems once they've already arisen. However, (laughs) if we could take that and kind of switch it to a more public health perspective, where we are looking at communities and individuals from a perspective of how do we strengthen people's immune system. How do we help people become more mentally happy and build that resilience and fortitude so that we won't have to worry about getting the disease in the first place? And so yeah. to me, that's the most amazing switch we could possibly make because it's not just for COVID. It's for every single illness out there from diabetes to cancer to cardiovascular disease You name it, it all starts from trying our best individually to take care of ourselves. So to me, that's a a huge silver lining because I don't think we would have been kind of at this place of discussing this um, so urgently had it not been for something like the coronavirus scare.
1: I agree, yeah. I'm talking with Dr. Mamta Singhvi. She is a cancer physician, uh, oncologist, uh, and specialist in cancer, but she's also an integrative practitioner and a certified yoga instructor and vegetarian foodie. And we're talking about um, COVID-19 and some silver linings, and and we'll have a lot more to share about that. We had a beautiful conversation yesterday uh, in recognizing some of the silver linings that this terrible and tragic uh, pandemic and event. Uh, not to discount that or even you know downplay it at all, but um, you know this is this is providing us with an opportunity. I, I want to hear more about. Um, what you're doing or what you've learned. Have you finished with the Integrative uh, Medicine Fellowship with the Andrew Weil Center, or are you starting there? Are you still in it?
2: I'm in actually the midst of it, and I think that to awesome. me is also really exciting because I'm, I'm learning all of these kind of what we would call complementary, alternative kind of routes at how to consider health. And, and to me, just like for you, I, I wouldn't consider nutrition an alternative um, I think that's the foundation of medicine. Yeah, so I think right. there's a, a misnomer there.
1: <laughs> Alternative <laughs> radical changes in your in your diet and lifestyle versus a massive open heart surgery. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Our chemotherapy thrown your way, your radiation zapping you. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. you know, we can just start yeah. at what we eat every day. Right?
1: Yeah. and so, this coming um, from yeah, a cancer physician. So, uh, you're you're definitely in the midst, and you see it. Uh, you're you're not on the front lines, but I imagine when you know, hopefully, it won't get to a point, momta, um, where you where the the hospitals are so overwhelmed and so taxed that they're calling in all hands on deck, Um, although it is possible that that could happen. So I certainly um, am thinking about you and your family and of course all your friends and all the people you've gone to school with during this time. So more on that. Uh, Still in this hour, tips for cancer prevention. And this week's A Thought to Digest, inspirational words and wisdom for innate um, inspiration. Stay with us here on Tate Talks.
0: want to prevent or even reverse many of the chronic diseases that plague society today, you're in the right place. Now, here's Jason Tate. Jason Tate,
1: you're listening to Tate Talks, and I'm here in the studio speaking with Dr. Mamta Singhvi. She is a cancer physician, uh, a yogi a vegetarian foodie. We have so much to talk about. She's, I'm really excited to hear about the integrative fellowship at the Andrew Weil Center. So I'll ask some questions about that in a, in a, in a little bit. But um, being somewhat of an expert on cancer, what are some key takeaways and tips that you can share with your regard to your passion for prevention and early intervention of things like cancer?
2: The interesting part, Jason, to me is that it all converges. When you talk about prevention and optimization of health and wellness, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same message across the board. And it starts with what you eat, right? And what you eat being the most powerful medicine, because it's literally a decision that you're taking multiple times a day throughout every day throughout your lifetime, so I guess the easiest thing to say is that starting with a plant-powered diet, a plant-based diet, is really the way to prevent so many different illnesses, including, again, coming back to COVID. When we talk about the risk factors, for, and we, you and I talked about this yesterday, a very mm-hmm. interesting perspective of who are the people who are most at risk? It's those patients with chronic diseases, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, and all of those diseases that are lifestyle diseases. And it all comes back to what people are eating and how physically fit they're staying and how they're keeping the shape of their kind of mental um, mental status. So to me, the easiest thing to kind of consider, and and again, not to undermine how difficult it is for people to change lifelong habits, but to me, it's quite empowering to know that what I put in my mouth will ultimately impact my overall kind of um, mental, emotional, spiritual, psychological, and definitely physical
1: well-being. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And yeah, I've, I've heard food is information as well because food <clears throat> affects our biome. It affects our metabolome. It affects uh, gene- genetic expression uh, even. And it affects, of course, our microbiome uh, and the type of gut uh, bacteria that persists and provides support and damage or whatever it is, whatever we cultivate. Uh, we're feeding it, and also kind of on an elementary level. um, And this is something that I know you do public speaking, but I'll share this with you. What I tell people is you are the architect of your body. Mm. And whatever you eat, Mm -hmm. this is the raw materials that you're putting into your body to build your body. Mm -hmm. And if you were to build a skyscraper or a home, You would want to use the best materials possible to build your home if you had access to the best materials possible. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. This is your body. You get to build your home. You get to, it's okay to look at what you've done and go, oh man, I really messed up. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. guess what? You can start now and make better decisions and you get to rebuild your entire body. And it might take years. But you know what? You're worth it.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think another silver lining to me that's kind of cropped up is this time that people have. Suddenly, you know, all of us are yearning and longing for just time off and time to relax and time (laughs) to pursue hobbies or learn new interests (laughs) or engage with each other more deeply. What I've seen across the board in my friend circle, my colleague circle, is people because they're scared of dining out or ordering our pickup or any of that, people are actually cooking more. And because That's we are so blessed with the Internet and having recipes uh, galore at the drop of a hat, people are really investing in taking time to come up with some really, really interesting creations. And I think right there is just is cause for celebration because one of the, the trends that we know is leading to chronic disease is people's eating patterns, the the just exponential increase in eating out and empty calories and and all of that over the last few years because of convenience. So I think mm-hmm. that, and you were talking to me about your daughter yesterday and about how much she's been able to do as a 12-year-old. So really, we have no excuse um, to be <laughs> able to, to get into the kitchen and roll up our sleeves and start creating. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, I believe it was... Um, uh, Michael Pollan, who wrote a book called *Cooked*, and he said, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, he's a, um, he's an author. He's not a scientist necessarily, but he he's a great author, and he researches and studies. And he says, you know, the one major factor that you can automatically do to to increase your health and increase the amount of nutrients you get is cook all your own food, even if you're making junk food it's going to be less junky than the junk food you're going to buy at the store or the <laughs> restaurant. Right.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that is so, so true. Um, and I don't so, think people quite, it doesn't make sense. Like unless you, you start doing it yourself.
1: You know? Right. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. I like that you pointed that out for sure. Um, really important time for us to recognize and look at what are these silver linings during this time? And what are the lessons? What -hmm. are some powerful lessons that we can learn during this time? So coming up, what are the upsides to COVID-19, coronavirus, what's What are some things that are happening positively around the globe um, and in our own communities at home? What's happening in your own home, in your own little uh, ecosystem? What are some of the upsides of coronavirus, COVID-19? And what are the lessons that we're learning? Um, I'm learning a bunch as a teacher, having to modify and change how I do what I do. Um, And what are we learning
0: Tate Talks continues on iHub Radio with iHub Radio wellness expert, Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here. You're listening to Tate Talks. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life and your day to listen to this health and wellness radio show brought to you by iHubRadio.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Jason Tate, T-A-T-E, and also on Instagram, TateTalks.radio. We are here, we are Health and Wellness. We're here every Sunday. And I have with me an, an amazing guest on the show. And the more I speak with her, the more I want to speak with her uh, about her background and what she's doing. And it, it's, it's just incredible. So Dr. Mamta Singhvi has a degree in history. She has a degree in public health. She is uh, pursuing her integrative medicine fellowship through the University of Arizona Andrew Weil Center, a certified yoga teacher, veggie foodie, and a UCLA, like, so having all of this and being a cancer physician in history and public health and integrative medicine, this is a, a really interesting combination to kind of ask this question, what's up for the human civilization um, during a time like this? Like this is a, obviously a turning point in the history of human civilization, at least modern humans as we know it. What are your thoughts on that?
2: So I, um, I'm glad you brought up the history degree because that was my, my very first love. And I think a silver lining for me that I, I am, I've been trying to impart to people around me who are anxious and nervous and scared Um, is the fact that we have been here before, and not only once, but many a time, right? We, I mean, the last time this happened was uh, the Spanish influenza on such a large scale, but whether you look at the HIV pandemic or Ebola or SARS, I mean, the human race, being as resilient and gritty as we are, has always found a way to shine through. And you brought up something, again, really interesting yesterday, is that this is just a part of human evolution. So if we could, and it's it's much easier said than done, but if we could just kind of step back and kind of perceive all of this as um, a natural force that happens every so often. um, And and again, what can we glean from it? What can we learn from it? That's all the silver lining. But just understanding that we've been here before, we've done it before, and we will come out successfully once again. So I think that's, um, that's a huge message that I want to share today, is for, for those people who are really out there struggling with this, is, is you know, to have faith um, in, in humankind, in our creativity, in our ingenuity, in our resourcefulness, um, we will come out stronger than before.
1: I love that. I really do. I like that. And and you're so right. You know, we, history, I mean, we've overcome so much, if you even go way back (laughs) to Mm -hmm. uh, early human civilizations and what we had to overcome to survive during that before farming and before, you know, agriculture and industry and uh, travel and um, telecommunications and internet and even before books and things, like we've overcome so much. And yes, this is a a tragic time, but what a great time to be alive and see opportunity in helping the human species um, overcome something like this. And like you said, history, we've overcome things. Um, Mm -hmm. And this might be the worst thing that we have to Mm -hmm. overcome, but you know what? We will. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, we had a great conversation yesterday. I want to touch on what are some cool things that are happening around the world because everyone is doing social distancing and staying at home and quarantining themselves. What are some things that you, uh, I, I want to share some, but I want to hear yours first.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of related to your question, but something that I did want to bring up at some point is the kindness as, as yeah. you know I think in, in times before um, you know we talk about Spanish influenza and and epidemics and pandemics prior to that in the 18th century in the 15th century bubonic plague we were a much more a much better connected society and that's ironic because we can sit here and talk about how small the world is and how we're able to travel and communicate so easily in this day and age I think you and I both know that the kind of flip side of that is that we are a more socially isolated and a more lonely world than ever before. Mm -hmm. And I was listening the other day to, I don't know where I heard the stat, but L.A. County, they were saying that 20% in a poll, 20% of L.A. County residents do not have anyone that they can rely on. And wow. I just stopped in my tracks and I heard that of you're telling me that one in five people don't have someone during this intense time to be able to call on for some help. And it just made me realize, Jason, the the importance for us to sit here as we are right now in silence and stillness to be able to understand the importance of lending a hand, the importance of touching base with each other, the importance of, as you said yesterday, not just sending a text or corresponding behind the screen, but to pick up a phone and to hear a voice. Mm-hmm. If we can't touch each other, and you said this yesterday about how, how important that is, um, just a simple handshake or a hug in in making people feel good about themselves and connected to each other. But if we can't do that, can we FaceTime? Can we actually leverage the technological devices that we have and truly get connected with each other, especially those people who are struggling and suffering Silently, right now.
1: Agree. So Very well said. The big
2: theme right here is be kind. Be kind to each other because we're all going through a difficult time in our own ways. And so, just to show love and compassion to each other, I think it's the biggest lesson we can take from this.
1: Oh, I love that. That was beautiful. I'm so glad this is recorded. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm I, talking I, with I, Dr.
1: Mouna Singhvi. She's a cancer physician, wellness advocate, uh, historian, uh, yoga teacher, uh, and just really uh, so inspiring. And I'm so happy that you're doing the work that you do, and and you're so articulate uh, in describing what it is your passions and your pursuits. So let's talk about some more of the good, um, like climate you know i i I mentioned this yesterday and i and i really hope that climatologists and scientists around the world jump on this and say see see look what we can do (laughs) if we just you know maybe nobody drives on sunday or something i don't know (laughs) yes yes. you know or one day a week you know and and i I know the meat industry is really taking a hit because of these large processing plants um which Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not for the meat, so I don't, I don't feel real bad about that. And you, know, you mentioned that this is forcing people to cook more at home. Not only that, but since there's a shortage in meat, this is forcing people to eat more vegetables.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is a and great thing. And I think thing. we
2: would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact. Um, and I heard um, one of my heroes, Jane Goodall, speak about this not too long ago. Of Jane. But we need to make it very clear that this pandemic, HIV, mad cow disease, Ebola, all of these pandemics, and they're gonna get more and more common, Jason. We're not gonna have to wait another century between Spanish influenza and now COVID before we see the next one, and that's not to be negative. That's just to be realistic and to really take stock of what is causing the rapidity of seeing the sort of pandemic, and that is absolutely the fact that we are encroaching on animal territory, right? Wild animals coming in contact with other wild animals that probably should never have met to be, or humans coming in contact with wild animals that, you know, nature and evolution did not intend to. Um, antibiotic resistance developing from this. Um, you know, I, I can go on and on, and, and, and not, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad about their dietary preference. All I'm trying to say is that we as a community, as Um, as humanity, need to be more mindful of the daily choices we're making and what we're putting in our mouth. How, If you are going to eat animals, um, how are those animals raised? In what conditions are they raised? These are the kinds of questions that hopefully, I think, as you mentioned, this is an inflection point in kind of human civilization, is will our collective consciousness rise? To the level where we no longer have to engage in speciesism which is just mm-hmm. like discrimination and xenophobia and all of that speciesism is a real entity as well
1: yeah okay. so again I when that. I speak
2: about compassion and love showing our I and mean, you can see it now I mean all of the, the videos that you're seeing um, even just going outside and hearing the birds chirp louder than ever before the animals I saw I saw this Um, I think it was on like local news they were showing the Las Vegas Strip and there was a little like mama duck followed by her like five little (laughs) ducks literally (laughs) on the Vegas Strip crossing the road right
1: it's just so
2: heartwarming gonna hit the slots
1: slots.
2: (laughs) (laughs) they're finally being able to take back their territory
1: I love it I love that. I do. Mm-hmm. Have you read, or I, I listened to a talk by Dr. William Tuttle. Have you heard or read The World Peace Diet? I haven't.
2: I haven't, but i Dr. Will that Tuttle.
1: Diet. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, as you were speaking, I heard his voice kind of through you, and it's a gigantic book, uh, but there are some very powerful sentiments and chapters in there, and he talks about... Um, you know, the source of our food and and the energy that goes behind it and how animals are raised and how they're slaughtered. And, and the world peace diet um, is a plant-based diet. And he talks about mm-hmm. world peace from a plant-based diet. And that's a very brief uh, description of like a 1500 page book. But Uh, Fantastic. And I listened to a talk from him. Uh, He came to Palm Springs and did a talk uh, about a year and a half ago. It was really great. So each week I have a thought to digest. Um, These are powerful quotes I like to share with my students. I share with my students every day. And so this one is by C.S. Lewis. And I love it. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending.
2: Mm. I love that. I actually love that.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, just let that one soak in for a minute. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and that's kind of, that's a point where we're at right now. Uh, we mm-hmm. can't go back and change what we did. It doesn't do us any good to get angry at the um, federal government or the current administration we can just start where we're at and move forward. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, exercise some forgiveness you know, for yourself and for others. And mm-hmm. definitely uh, take advantage of this time to, you know we're we're talking about bettering ourselves and living our best lives and uh, adopting more of a plant-centered diet and cooking at home. And you know, I, I want to ask the question about mindfulness and what you do, uh, for your mindfulness and your mental health. Um, so I'll be asking that in just a moment, but yeah, there's so much to do. Uh, I do a weekly meditation here on the show. Now I did one in the first hour. So it was, um, it was a lot of fun and I'm doing meditations every day for my students and I'm really enjoying that. So stay tuned as my guest, Dr. Mumta Singhvi highlights the heroes and shares some parting words of wisdom. Stay with us here on Tay Talks.
0: From Palm Springs, California, iHub Radio presents inspirational conversation to help you on the path to vitality. Health and wellness conversation is front and center on Tate Talks with Jason Tate. Here's Jason.
1: This is Jason Tate, and you are listening to Tate Talks here every Sunday on iHub Radio. And I have in uh, on the show with me today, Dr. Mamta Singhvi, and she is a historian. She's a public health expert. She's a cancer specialist. She's an integrative medicine uh, student and specialist and wellness speaker. She's everything, honestly. She's amazing. Uh, and I'm having so much fun. And the show is going by so fast. Um, so we've got our last little piece here. And I want to ask you, Dr. Singvi, what do you do... Um, to feed your soul, I guess, is the question. What do you do to um, build mental health resilience or mindfully resilience um, in your life? What is it that you like to do?
2: That is like a million dollar question, Jason. I, <laughs> um, I, by, we were talking about this yesterday. I kind of, by nature, I'm introverted, an empath, really sensitive, really emotional. And pick up energy quickly, and especially in my line of work, it's so critical to just stay grounded. And um, I think when you are around suffering and pain, it's so, it's so easy to kind of go down a rabbit hole. So to me, really the most important thing, and we talked about this so beautifully the other day, is um, mental strength. Right? I, I, I was speaking before we started to chat, Today on um, on the radio with one of my very dear friends who happens to be a seven-time Olympian, an Olympic medalist, um, and I, what I take from a conversation with an elite athlete or a conversation with my father, who to me is, is a hero in so many ways, is this concept of living in the moment. And you do that so beautifully with not only yourself and your mindfulness practice, but really be passing on we we laughed about this yesterday. If I had the tools that you're teaching kids in their like teenage years, oh my God, I would be like <laughs> a rock star by now, you know, I'd just be yeah. like some really amazing person. But instead you are, though. Learn it. <laughs> you are thank you. Thank you. But I mean I think emotionally and mentally that that strength that comes from I think the beauty in all of this, quite honestly Jason, is that COVID has uncovered for people, the angst and the fear and the anxiety is coming from this deep sense of uncertainty. Yeah. And I think people like you and I realize that life is all about uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, it's just that it's been uncovered in such an acute way. But really day to day, even before COVID and after COVID, we're constantly dealing with the unknown. So how do you grapple with that, especially during an acute phase like this? is, I think, for me at least, through a really solid meditation and mindfulness practice. And, um, you know, and I'm one of those people who is quick to say, hey, I'm not good at it. My mind's constantly running a million miles per hour. I've heard all the excuses because I've experienced all the excuses. Mm -hmm. And I think really like what we've talked about with diet, we've talked about with, you know, Sundays being maybe from now on where we don't take our car out day. Well, meditation mindfulness being the same as if we could just dedicate ourselves in even a small way um, every single day, a little tiny kind of sliver of time that you take out for yourself, you journal, you meditate, you, um, laugh. I've been laughing so much. And whether that means talking to friends who I know have these positive spirits and kind of larger than life personalities, um, or watching stand up comedy, something that fills my soul day in and day out. And then of course, baking, eating, um, all of that, <laughs> that, and then finally staying connected with friends as, and family as best as I can. So those are kind of some of the things that, I try to do it's by no means perfect um, I think all of us the range of emotions are important so do mm-hmm. I cry do I feel sad do I feel frustrated and angry sometimes and confused at what's going on in the world and the suffering and the struggle absolutely I think that's the beauty of being a human being but can you get through that and always come out on the other side kind of more positive more uplifted and more convinced of the magic of the universe so that's kind of my day in day out goal with life
1: wow again i'm telling you i'm so glad we're recording this <laughs> <laughs> thank you great. I, I, I would like <laughs> really I, I,
2: all the things that thank you thank you thank you very much i'd love to know what you do jason
1: um, well i i enjoy my morning meditation um, mm-hmm. And I call it meditation because now that I'm not always waking up to an alarm clock, I, I do get to sleep in a little bit more than I used to. Um, I like to spend the first 10 minutes um, in bed just organizing my day and just kind of um, doing kind of my vision statements for the day. So I call it meditation meditation. <laughs> That's one that. thing I do. I <laughs> um, afternoons, so I, I work throughout the day. Uh, I work on, unfortunately, at my computer a lot of the time uh, because I'm interfacing with students uh, through digital means. But after that, in the afternoons, I go to the park and I do my form of meditation, which is just shooting uh, hoops by myself and play basketball mm-hmm. by myself. And as it's getting hotter, uh, I am I'm actually enjoying that because, you know, I'll just take my shirt off, I get a nice bake while I'm out there. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, vitamin it's, <clears throat> and I get used to, yeah, vitamin D. And I get used to the heat, I get accustomed to it. My brother is a police officer in Phoenix. And he, sometimes he has to do traffic and it's 115 degrees outside. And he's wearing mm. full uniform, bulletproof vest, the whole bit. And so, you know, and then there's people that work you know, roofing and gardening and housing. And, you know, they're all working in the heat as well. So I figured I can acclimate myself. And it's really, uh, I tried uh, Bikram yoga before. And Mm -hmm. just being in that closed space with no airflow, it really, I got really sick from it. And I was sick for Mm -hmm. three days. Um, So Mm -hmm. I call it, in the summer, I play Bikram basketball. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so... I do Bikram basketball Uh, That's my my meditation Plus I also Almost every night um, I meditate for a good 10 to 20 minutes Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah Those are my Meditative practices
2: (laughs) I love that you mentioned that Because I I think we are The most blessed people In the world To be able to Complain about The last few weeks When it's been kind of Cooler In Hemet. It's been in the 60s We still can go outside Every single day and take a walk, take a jog, play basketball, whatever you want to do. And during this time, my PSA is everyone needs to wear masks and uh, physically distance and avoid congregations. But we absolutely can go in our backyards and garden and do yeah. what we can to be in nature.
1: Dr. Singhvi, Mamta, thank you so much for being on the show. This is probably one of my favorite shows. I really appreciate thank you so this. Much. Thank Tate you, Talks is here to oh. connected. Yeah, I agree. I'll have to get you back on the show. Tate Talks is here at iHub Radio every Sunday and on all major podcasts to provide current, up to date information with regard to health and wellness to inform and inspire you to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.